and hello out there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. This is episode number 22. How's everybody's week going so far? Uh, mine's, not going, mine's not going too bad. Um, last time we spoke, last Thursday we recorded, we had the Giants-Eagles game uh, coming on uh, after I got done recording. We all know how that turned out. Um, I actually felt bad for uh, for King and uh, Eli Manning and the Giants, but uh, that was that was a that was a hard game to watch. At least if you're an Eagles fan, it was a hard game to, to watch. It was very enjoyable for me to watch that. Uh, my uh, my Irish won over over the weekend as well. Well. A little nervous, a little scary uh, of a game there, um, which I kind of called out last week. I was afraid of uh, a letdown game, which potentially could have been. Um, flyers up and down for me. I think Saturday they got blown out, but then they came back uh, Sunday or Monday with a, a big win. Um, but before we get into all the sports talk, I'm going to give out all the, the handles for the Twitter accounts to to follow us, follow me and King, follow the show, follow whatever you want to follow on there. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Jimbo ST Sports. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. And you can follow King at King of Skunk Duck. Um, I may be live tweeting. Uh, Saturday night, the bare knuckle boxing. So you could, you know, like I said, follow us over there at ST Sports Podcast. Um, definitely would like some interaction from you guys. It's pretty fun. Uh, last time that we did the, the the live tweeting, I had some uh, some good conversations with some of the, the fans over there, whether they were fans of ours or of uh, bare knuckle boxing. But very entertaining sport that is uh, slowly starting to catch on, I think. But like I mentioned earlier, uh, my Notre Dame team was on this weekend, and surprisingly, that was not the only game I watched. I watched uh, the last, uh, I'd say, five minutes of the third quarter and the fourth quarter of the uh, Georgia-LSU game. Obviously, the outcome of that game would... Uh, would definitely affect Notre Dame's ranking, and and it did. Um, Georgia ended up losing to uh, LSU. Um, I think it was thirty-six uh, sixteen, and helped Notre Dame move up to number four. Which I was surprised they they did move up because of uh, barely beating Pittsburgh. Um, if you watch that game. It definitely was a different Notre Dame team compared to the past couple of weeks. Uh, the offense just just couldn't get going. Defense kept them in the game, uh, and in, I mean, in the end, the the offense did come around to you know put the the final points up to to win. Um, they ended up winning 19-14. Ended up moving up to number four. 
And then, like I said, uh, I watched a little bit, you know, I watched the tail end of the Georgia game. Um, I thought Georgia was going to be coming back. Well, they were coming back. I thought they were going to come back and, you know, win the game and and screw up the Notre Dame moving up the, the pole uh, rankings. But uh, there was actually a couple uh, games this past week that turned out to be pretty good games. I mean, you had Michigan against Wisconsin. Michigan uh, won 38-13, which, again, that helps Notre Dame out uh, because Notre Dame has the win over them. Um, You had Oregon over uh, Washington, which was a close game, 30-27. I think, actually, I picked Washington for that game, too. Uh, I'm trying to remember from last week. Um, You know who I picked. But from just looking, there were just a couple games, uh, you know, for the top 25 that were were pretty good games. But this week, it looks like we're loaded with um, top 25 games, playoff implication type games. Like this, this could be a dra- the the most drama filled week up to date for the season. Um, I mean. Starting off with you have number three Clemson going up against number sixteen North Carolina State. On paper, you would think Clemson should win this game, but you know it's North Carolina State they they could pull the upset. Notre Dame is off this week, so my liver will be taking a rest. <laughs> yeah, I was I was drinking a lot that that night too, but uh, you also have um, LSU who jumped up. From I think they were 13th last week. They they jumped up to number five in the rankings, which again my personal feeling I wouldn't been mad if they moved up to number four, just because like I said, Notre Dame didn't play that well against Pittsburgh, who's not a ranked team, and LSU defeated the number two team not just by a point or by three points. They won by 20 points. So I wouldn't have been mad if they they got up there to number four. But it is what it is. And the funny part is all these rankings right now don't even matter. Because they're not they're not uh, picking the playoff rankings for another two weeks, I, I think it is. So this is more just for the, the casual fan, I guess, if you want to say, to, to have bragging rights for right now. Because in two weeks... Who's to say LSU isn't number four and Notre Dame's number five? You know, so we'll see uh, in two weeks how that goes. But uh, then you also have Michigan against Michigan State, the, the big rivalry of, of these two teams. Um, obviously, I'll be pulling for Michigan. I mean, obviously, I hope they, they win out now as well as we do. It'll only help our playoff chances. Um, but Michigan, that's always a good game. It's always a close, you know, three, seven points, something like that. Whether it's seven to three or 37 to 34, it's, it's always a good game to watch and entertaining. Then you have uh, number 25, Washington State, playing Oregon. You know, maybe I will start picking Oregon maybe yeah I, I, I do remember last week I said that um, I don't think they're 
that elite team that they were when Chip Kelly was there. But, you know, they're, they're slowly climbing up the ranks. You know. So, I'll, I'll go with Oregon uh, this week against number 25, Washington State. And then you have Mississippi State at number 22 against LSU. I mean... The way LSU played Georgia, you, you, would ha you can't go against them. Um, so I'm going to go with LSU for that game. And that rounds out the top 25 uh, games that are playing this week. So it does look like there could be a lot of drama coming on. We're starting to get into that part of the season where Every, every point counts, well, yeah, counts, obviously it counts. Every point matters. Every decision you do, you know, you better make the right decision because it could cost you the season. Speaking of uh, costing yourself the, uh, the season, moving on to little NFL news with uh, the New York Giants. A couple days ago, Giants owner came out, pretty much said he's not too happy about uh, Odell Beckham's uh, interviews that he's doing and would rather him make headlines on the field compared to off the field. Listen, buddy, you knew what you were getting when you decided to give him that five-year contract extension. You've had him on the team for, what, three, four years now. Every year there's been some type of drama with him. Don't get me wrong, very talented receiver, very talented. But he's getting up there with the T.O. Always causing drama, very talented. I know King kind of went on a rant on Twitter uh, when this, the story broke about uh, John Mora, you know, basically saying that Beckham needs to be quiet to start producing. He does produce, but the thing is with him is when stuff is going bad, he acts like a ten-year-old, and. I may have put it on Twitter, or I may have commented to uh, to King, but the stuff he does on the sidelines, it, a normal human being don't act like that. This past uh, this past week with the, with the Eagles game, it looked like he was yelling at uh, an AC unit or something like uh, some type of machine. Last year, it was kicking the the, the field goal net. Or their practice net. Like, at what point you you, you got to grow up? You know, uh, Chris Carter played with the Eagles. Not sure if, if uh, any of you guys know that. The story behind that is Chris Carter was a very troubled receiver on and off the field, and Buddy Ryan traded him away to, or I'm sorry, uh, they cut him, and Minnesota Vikings signed him and that's when he he opened his eyes 
at some point, it's going to happen to Odell. They're going to look at him like the T.O. T.O. in San Fran, when things were going great, he was doing great. When he wasn't getting the ball and Jerry Rice, who was on the back end of his career, was getting the ball, T.O. didn't like it. He made it known. Took shots at, at his quarterback there, uh, Jeff Garcia. Made accusations that he was gay. And other other stuff as well there. San Fran got fed up with him. Ended up trading or releasing, however you want to call that whole saga go down. And Philly ended up trading for him, signing whatever it was. First year with Donovan McNabb at the at quarterback. Went great. No problems. Following year, things weren't going good. It's all about me. We released him. He goes to Dallas. It's just a pattern over and over, and Odell is going down that same road that T.O. did, Randy Moss did, until he went to the Patriots and grew up. At some point, this kid's got to grow up learn how to be a leader he's not a leader and I don't feel sorry for the Giants they're stuck with a they're stuck with him for another five years with a huge contract I'm sorry you you made this bed now you gotta sleep in it Giants and to my Giants fans I'm curious to see what you feel about him um, I, I know curious to see how, how much it is. Is it 50-50? 50% of the people want him gone and trade him and all that stuff and the other 50% wants to defend him? So I'm curious to see. But another semi-NFL news, uh, college news, is uh, Ohio State's star player Nick Bosa who is brothers with uh, I believe it was Joey Bosa from the, the Chargers who has this past week withdrawn from the college to focus on his NFL draft pro career and getting healthy because pretty much this whole season he's, he's been hurt now this, this move here raised a lot of eyebrows as well as for me and there's a lot of uh, opinions about this move. Some people feel it's the right move for this, for this kid and you're going to see this move a lot more. And you know the more I read articles about it and opinions about it, when I first heard the story I was like, man, this this kid is all about him. You know, we just got done talking about Odell Beckham and T.O. You know, he doesn't want to stay at Ohio State to help his team to, to get a championship or, you know, uh, be a team player somehow. And he, he's making this all about himself and this and that, the other thing. But then, you know, I started really thinking about it. 
this is not the first time a player has withdrawn early from a season. You, know, you had Leonard Fournette and uh, I forget the other kid's name. There was another player that withdrew from a bowl game to get themselves ready for the NFL draft and, and not risk injury. I think that's I, I think that right there is what started this whole movement. I think you're gonna see this a lot more now too. And the one uh, thing I did see opinion that I saw was more towards the NFL rule about when you could leave college. The NFL rule states that you can enter the NFL draft three years after you graduate high school. Now. This rule, a lot of people feel needs to, to be changed a little bit too, because the the one example I saw was, uh, I forget his first name, but his last name is Ward from the Cleveland Browns that just got drafted this past year. He has he's been out of high school for three years. Oh, the reason why the NFL said about the three years after high school is. They're, they're too young to, I guess, like maturity-wise, uh, to enter the, the NFL. So that's why they said three years after you graduate high school, you could enter the NFL draft. The problem with this is, Ward from the Browns, who is 21 right now, has been out of the NFL for three years. Or, um, out of high school for three years. Joey, or uh, Nick Bosa, who has been out of high school for three years, won't be 21 until next year. So, if he was 21 before this season started, he could have entered the NFL draft this past April because he's been out a little bit longer than three years as of right now. I think they should change the wording from not, you know, the, the three years after high school graduation, change it to a set age. Like, you know, uh, you can't enter the NFL draft to your 22 years old or 21 because this is the this is the problem you got going on right now. You got these young guys who are very talented players coming in and making millions of dollars, and you have old friends from high school or family members that you haven't talked to in years, trying to give you advice and turning out to be the wrong advice, and you're seeing a lot of these players get in, in trouble with the law or uh, steroid use you know it's just bad advice they gotta figure out a better system for these kids coming into the NFL whether it's you know changing it completely where you can't enter the NFL till after your senior year of college or putting a flat age limit on, uh, on the rule but something has to be changed because you're going to start seeing this 
more and more with, with what Nick Bosa did. Um, you know, skipping bowl games. And again, I don't blame these kids because you look at uh, Jalen Smith from Notre Dame uh, two years ago. He was a top five, maybe top ten talent that was going to get drafted in, in those those top ten spots. Played in the bowl game, last game of his Notre Dame career, and had that gruesome knee injury and lost millions because he ended up getting drafted in the second round. Didn't play his rookie season and came on, you know, it seems like he, he turned his, his this thing around and he's playing very well. Even though he's with the Cowboys, I'm glad he's playing well just because I got to watch him play with Notre Dame. But, you know, it's a risk-reward thing, you know. Is it worth trying to better yourself in the draft by one game? Um, two other players I, I saw in the one article I was reading, uh, Bryce Love and... Uh, I forget the other kid's name. But they've been hurt all year. Um, Bryce Love had that great year last year. And he's way below what he was doing last year, this year. So he may slip now. You know, so should he have came out last year? Looking at, you know, how he's doing this year now? Maybe. But maybe he could have done himself better. So do I agree with Nick Bosa doing what he did? Yes. Because... You never know what's going to happen in the future. But I think you're going to see rule changes um, in the next couple years if you keep seeing this uh, happen. But speaking of the future, how about I give my weekly NFL picks? And this will be for week seven. I really didn't get a chance to... uh, Go down the list and, and look at, you know, some stuff to, to figure out what my picks would be and stuff like that. So I'm going to kind of, uh, kind of run through this a little quickly. Um, so I'm going to go with my, my lock pick of this week. I'm going to go with Indy over the Bills. Uh rookie quarterback for Buffalo is not starting. I think they say he might be out for a couple weeks with an elbow injury. And they have Derek Anderson, who's basically a Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, journeyman. You don't know which one you're going to get, but if you get the good one, he's going to put up points. But I just think Andrew Luck and, and the Colts are just going to be just one step further, step ahead of them. You know, the, the, the whole game. So I'm going to go Indy 21, Bills 13. And then uh, my blowout of the week, I'm going to go with the Rams over the 49ers. Rams are just a, a hot team this year with that offense, just putting up points left and right. Defense, not too shabby. And 49ers just, I mean, they're, they're bad. Ever since the Garoppolo injury, uh, I, I just don't think they 
they have enough weapons yet to be competitive uh, against some of these teams, you know, against their division. As far as the NFC least, because let's face it, we, we're, we're all terrible. The Giants, the Cowboys, the Redskins. It's pretty sad that the Redskins are the best team in the division. When at the beginning of the year, me and King were talking about Giants and uh, well, I think he I think he had Giants Dallas, and I think I had me with uh, the Giants Eagles. But uh, Cowboys, you don't know what team is showing up. You know they may pay Conor McGregor to show up every week so they can win. But the Redskins against Cowboys, uh, even the Redskins in their first, uh, I can't root for the Cowboys. So I'm hoping the Redskins win. What are what are some of your picks for this coming week? Maybe I'll put a a poll or I'll tweet something out so you guys can you know reply to it and, and see what you guys got going on. So the last thing I I'm gonna probably talk about tonight, like I said, uh, maybe live tweeting this Saturday. It is. Bare Knuckle Boxing 3. This one is in, uh, I, think it's in I think it's in Mississippi. But uh, unfortunately, my, my girl's not fighting. Beck Rollins is not on the card. But the main event is going to be my, uh, my heavyweight favorite. Sam Shoemaker against Arnold Adams. The winner of this match will be the first heavyweight Bare Knuckle Boxing champion. Just like Beck Rollins was the first uh, featherweight, I think they're calling that division, uh, champion for women. And they also have, this, this article I have up is from uh, Fightline. In addition to crowning the first heavyweight champion of BKFC, the quarterfinals of the lightweight tournament will launch and begin the road towards crowning another uh, BKFC champion. Those guys that are competing in that tournament are Johnny Bedford, uh, Reggie Barnett, which I believe, I know Reggie Barnett fought on the past two cards. I think Johnny Bedford definitely was on the first, possibly the second. They're very talented fighters. They, they, put, they put on a good fight. Uh, Bedford is going to be fighting Matt the KL Kid Murphy. While Barnett is fighting El Guerrero Rivera. I would try to say his first name, but I don't want to butcher it. And then the quarterfinal action is rounded out by Joe Pegg facing Rusty Crowder and the Nightmare Velasquez taking on Sean the Exception West. Now those those fights, like I said, past two fights or uh, pay-per-views. They're fast-paced and very entertaining. So I think this could be another entertaining card with a lot of exciting finishes. Um, couple, you have a couple of newcomers coming on. Uh, from what I remember, I think uh, John Riggs, Joe Riggs. He used to fight in the UFC, but he's known as a, a you know quote-unquote banger. That's all he does is throw throw. So that, that should be a 
interesting debut as well. But I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, like I said at the top of the show, you can catch me on Twitter at Jimbo ST Sports. You can check out King at King of Skunk Duck. If you go over to his Facebook page, he has uh, the Skunk Duck Studio. Uh, he has all his t-shirts up there, his designs, anything you may need him to, to work on for you. As well, you can follow us on Twitter at ST Sports Podcast. So, like I said, that's going to do it for this week. I'm going to go watch a little bit of my flyers. Tomorrow's Friday, Daredevil comes out, Season 3. Can't wait for that. It's going to be a fun weekend. Hope you guys have a good weekend. This is your good friend Jimbo, signing out. See you.